0: Good evening here, doing my name is Richard. This is over and over and over again. We're slightly 24 hours later than normal for the Tuesday clinic. So it's just going to be the Arsenal clinic this week. It's going to be a great show. So please stay with me. Oh, Andy, I say, this is going to be the uh, the Arsenal clinic this week on Wednesday. There's a lot uh, to get through. Obviously, there was a big game at the weekend against Liverpool. We're going to look at that, look back on the uh, the good and the bad of that game and uh, talk about stuff uh, related to that as well. Obviously, we've got another game this Saturday early kickoff against Newcastle at the Emirates, so we're going to look at that as well. Obviously, bottom of the league, Newcastle, but they're certainly um, looking up, things are looking up for them maybe then They were a little while ago. We're going to go back in time as well. We're going to do our usual archive season. This one's a season that maybe many people may want to forget, 94, 95, but there's a few things to talk about in that season as well. And we're also going to look at the predictions, of course, for this weekend in the Premier League as well, as normal. So, loads coming up. So, let's get started. So we've got a full house back again for the first time in a few weeks due to various different things going on. Um, we have got the usual panel. Great to have all the guys back. First of all, of course, Melvin, how are you doing? Well, welcome back to the show again.
1: Thanks very much. Yeah, it's good to get my old boots on now. I've cleaned my boots. I'm ready for tonight.
0: Yeah, we, we've got the famous back four, of course, as, as, as we like to say. Adam, of course, as well. Back again, you are know, Adam? <laughs>
2: Yeah, all good, all good. Glad to be back after a little hiatus
0: of an international break. But, yeah, raring to go. Good stuff. And, of course, Dorsey as well. Hey you Nice shirt again.
3: Yeah, cheers, mate. Yeah, good. Um, all right. Still recovering after the game a little bit. But, um, yeah, we'll run through it in a bit more detail. But, yeah, I'm good. Thank you, mate.
0: Yeah, it was um, it was a difficult weekend. We haven't had too many difficult weekends for a while, so maybe it uh, makes a bit of a change. But we do, unfortunately, or well, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, everyone look at it. The, we can only one place that we can really start, and that is, of course, at Anfield. So, of course, we did maybe go into this game with a little bit more optimism in recent visits to Anfield due to our unbeaten run and um various other things liverpool maybe not in the best form before the international break um but unfortunately in the end it kind of went the same way that pretty much every other game away at liverpool's gone in recent years for one reason or another. I mean, it was, in a way, for me, it was a little bit surprising the way that we lost in the second half. But ultimately, when you think about it, maybe it's not that surprising because it happens so often. I mean, Melvin, what what did you make of it? I mean, before the game, I think we all maybe felt that this was going to be different, that maybe we could compete with Liverpool, not necessarily beat them, but maybe give them a bit more of a game than we have done certainly in recent years.
1: I didn't expect us to let in four goals and could have let in six or seven. I didn't expect that at all. I mean, we actually—we should nickname ourselves not the Gunners, the Windscreen, because we get a crack and it all seems to splinter, doesn't it? Just one little cracking in the game, and everything falls apart. Up to the thirtieth minute, things were going fine. You know, we had a bit, you know—we had a couple of chances. They did as well. Thank God for our goalkeeper. But you could see if we nicked the goal, I think they might have panicked a bit. I really do, because they'd lost the week before. The crowd was quiet. it's a very big word, I know, but it could have happened. And I think that really, as two forwards up front, a couple of times we looked a good progression towards their goal. looked like we had them on the back foot. And their final pass from the forwards as well, if you like, a couple of Lacazette passes went nowhere. When he just had to play someone in. And uh, a Bamiang as well, for that matter. And it's a shame because I think we could have nicked the goal to go 1-0 up. It could have happened. It wasn't... It, what? Listen, there was, up to the 30th minute, it was... Five to four in Liverpool's favour. Obviously, after half time, it was ten to one, wasn't it? and it's a shame that that happened. And it turned. They reckon it turned on the Arteta thing. It probably did. But like I've probably said before, I don't necessarily blame him. I blame the, the experienced players on the pitch that never got in the referee's ear what was going on. They were they were leaving their foot, especially Marnay. Not saying they didn't deserve the beat. Yes, they did, hundred percent. But when you've got that advantage, you knowing you can do what you like and get away with it, and you're getting frustrated, it takes a little bit out of you. You're looking, you're, you're looking like you're, you're, you know, it's not things are not fair, and you're not concentrating on the game. And I think that's what happened there. I think Arteta might have been frustrated what he saw was going on, and saw that no one on the pitch was taking responsibility. You can't, you can't expect the youngsters to do that. You've got to say one of the the captain or the seasoned professional go over in a minute this evening, get in the refs here. Give a little bit back to Mane, like, without being silly, just to let him know, you know, that, that he is known of what he's doing, and don't let him get away with it. And it, it might have changed the game. I think the game changed on it changes on the sixteenth, and that free kick we gave away, stupid free kick by Abamiang. absolutely mm-hmm. stupid. The guy was running towards that midfield and defence. He wouldn't, you know, he, he's, he's a great cross from it. You do not want to give him the chance to cross a ball from that distance, from that angle anytime soon, you know, and it's very disappointing for a change of our right back. And as said who we've been drooling about the last few weeks. The two of them couldn't pick up Mane. I mean, I'm not saying it's easy to pick him up, but one of them should have had him in his sights. And in fact, with all Gabriel has been superb since he'd come back. He was facing his own goal. How can a defender be facing his own goal from a free kick? He got in the most stupid of positions. It was a bit Holdering-esque in my opinion. If Holden had done that, I'd have been jumping up and down. Typical, I do mean, what you're doing. You don't know where, where your player is. But it was Gabriel. And I think he got away with it with the fans because he'd been playing so well. But it's unfair. I think that's a very, very good mistake and a big, big uh, situation, uh, turning point on the game. Big pivot on the game, that was.
0: No, no, I agree. I mean, the first goal was always going to be massive in this game. Like you said, Liverpool maybe were lacking a little bit of confidence because they hadn't come in the game with the best form. And... You know we were on a good run, and if we had got ourselves in front, then who knows? It would have it would have definitely changed the game, and we will never know what would have happened. But it certainly would have been a different outcome in terms of the final score. Um, if that had been the case, it would have been a different game. But yeah, I mean, it was for me a, a little bit, and I, I mean, Adam, I don't know what what you kind of thought, but for me it was like um, in recent games, it seems as though we've generally got the job done early, and if we don't get the job done early, we spoke about this before. We don't seem to have any ideas. And I felt as soon as we went behind, Arteta wasn't able to change anything to affect the game anymore. And, of course, as soon as we considered the second goal, then that was it, wasn't it? We were never going to get back in. I mean, some of the substitutions he made later on, you know, bringing El Nini on and Maitland-Niles, when, you know, when you're losing the game without scoring yeah, a goal. It's the, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, did you feel as though a little bit still? That that's, that's my biggest worry is that Arteta isn't able to... Change a game significantly. I can't remember us going behind in a game and coming back and winning very, very rarely in the second half of that. Is yeah, if we can see the goal early, no. like we did at Leicester last season and Tottenham at home and we, we came back. But in the second half of a game, if we're losing at half time, I can't remember us ever coming back and getting a result because we he doesn't seem to be able to change it enough in the right way to influence the game from an attacking set, does he? he
2: um, no, I mean for, for me that's probably the biggest question mark over our for me is his in-game management. You know, mm. um, you know, yeah, he sets the team out of a certain way, but like you just said, there's been very few moments, if any, where tactics have been changed in the middle of the game or at half time that have made a massive difference. Mm. For me, it's like this is the way we're going to play against this team, that's it. And you know, people always said they didn't have a plan B, and probably Arteta doesn't really have a plan B yet, maybe because of the type of players, but. Yeah, I think that's still a massive question mark for me. The in-game management, because like you know, Gareth Southgate, I think in England is very similar. He's questionable in-game management as well. When England are playing, so you know, when the in the Euros, for instance, when things weren't going well, he couldn't change it. So, mm. is this the new type of manager? I don't know. Um, but the top managers are able to do it, aren't they? The top top managers are able, you know, to make those changes, you know, off the off the foot and off the cuff. And unfortunately, mm. I don't think he's quite got that yet. Or maybe you never will. Who knows? But with the Liverpool game, like, I wasn't shocked. Don't get me wrong. Even when we lost 4-0, I was, like, disappointed. But it didn't really shock me, unfortunately. And I hate to say that. I felt if we could have got in half-time, 0-0, we might have had a better chance. You know, because, you know, Liverpool got their towels up then, didn't they? They they got the goal for half-time. And then they come out the second half and all guns blazing. So, I thought that first goal was pivotal. And I think you're right what, what Melvin said, like, the crowd was really quiet at Anfield, and that very rarely happens. And they didn't get noisy until, like, Arteta and Klopp had that argument, did they? And that's when the crowd, yeah. you know, got behind them. And then Liverpool just seemed to all of a sudden wake up, you know. So, I don't really, I, I, you know, Mane, for me, does give it a little bit. But I didn't think it was a terrible foul on Tom Yeah, it's a kind of fair yeah. ball. We didn't really elbow him. So, it was selling out of nothing as well. But, yeah, I was disappointed, you know, after we had been playing. And I felt that some of the games we've won recently... We'd shown that togetherness, like people fighting for each other, just disappeared a little bit against Liverpool. And that's what disappointed me, the fact the fight just went. And I thought that's something that we'd worked on really well this year that just, just disappeared.
0: Yeah, no, no, I agree. It did seem to be that second half, didn't it? As soon as things started to... And I've kind of mentioned this before, because we have got quite a young, inexperienced side, when things go against us, we don't really have the leaders on the pitch to jelly it all back together again and and we've as Melvin said before we fell apart quite badly in that second half and I think that's one of the reasons why and that's a little bit of a concern for me I mean I know you know we look at stats sometimes but you know we we picked up 49 points in the last 24 games last season after Christmas with you know what everybody said wasn't Arteta's team he's now got what many people consider more like his team yes it's still in the early stages but we're not we, we what he should have done for me is is built more around that team he had rather than almost starting again or getting a whole new defence in and going to start again rather than building on that that, that 49 points we got in the second half of last season and trying to push on it doesn't seem to have happened yet you know we seem to almost having to start again it's almost like that was a waste of half a season in a way Mm -hmm. all those improvements now half of them players don't play anymore they're sitting on the bench cedric holding not saying they're good enough players but we did get good results with them in the team in the second half of last season. I mean, I mean, Dorsey, I know you're, you know, I know you're a big supporter of Arteta, rightly so probably, because he's not doing badly, I suppose. But was you, what kind of, what was your feelings about the game on Saturday? Because it was a bad way to lose in the end, wasn't it? I think we probably expected us to lose to a certain degree, but the way we lost, that was bad, wasn't it?
3: First of all, what I will say is I was out and about Saturday night, so I did watch the game, but I was, I was on the beers at the same time, so... <laughs> Obviously, I was watching it with a couple of Liverpool fans as well, which wasn't which wasn't nice. But um, I didn't expect us to get anything from the game. Um, and again, to a certain degree, I think everybody's blowing it a little bit out of proportion, in my in my opinion. It's nothing to do with what Arteta's done. Um, for me, I, I, I'd written that game off before we even kicked off, so I wasn't expecting. My own expectations for the game wasn't to get anything really. Um, I was disappointed by the goals we conceded, and I agree with bits of what everybody said tonight that the way we crumble is it, it, it isn't great. But like you said, Richard, it, it goes back to the leadership on the pitch, and and we've spoken about that for a long time. Not and even before Arteta came in, that that leadership on the pitch just just isn't there. Would mm-hmm. Granite Xhaka have made a difference? Quite, quite possibly of his leadership. He's probably one of the only few that's really got that proper old school kind of leadership skills mm. with squads. So maybe, maybe that would have made a difference having him there, but listen, we've, we've gone down the route of youth and that, and that stems, that goes to the manager as well. You know, these, these guys, all of them are going to make mistakes. And, and when you say about Arteta's in game management, it is poor in some games. But he's learning on the job like everybody else is. So the only way he's ever going to learn from these situations about going to Anfield and and losing 4-0 is by is by having that experience. None of us like it, but that's the reality of what we're in. We, we're gonna have results like that, unfortunately. With when we go to the Etihad and, and and when we go to Stanford Bridge, we're probably gonna experience similar results. But the squad and the manager are, are learning and, and it's and it's a case of there are going to be bumps in the road. And for me, if we go on to win Sunday uh, Saturday, sorry, I don't care about Liverpool away. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bothered about that. It's now about how the team bounces back. And if we can go on, not necessarily another 10-game unbeaten run, but now try and put three or four games together, you know, and just try and build from that again. Because not many people are going to go to Anfield and get a result this season. Not many people at all. You're probably looking at our freak results you're looking at City and Chelsea really so yeah I was disappointed in some aspects of the game I was disappointed to lose four it was a silly 20 minute period in that second half that we just completely fell apart I actually thought first half I thought I thought we did compete in parts of that game and and like Melvin said we had a couple of opportunities where maybe that goal would have made a difference but It it is what it is. It's it's, it's it's probably one of the toughest stadiums in the the world right now to go to and try and get a result. And we're we're leagues behind Liverpool. We're years behind them. So there are definitely things that all I want to see is that we learn from those situations. And and that's all we can ask is that the team can bounce back now, get a result of the weekend. Hopefully, Man City can do us a favour. We're right on the edge of the top four, we're in that mix. So it doesn't need to be all doom and gloom. You know, it's it, it's a disappointing result, but we move on and we go again on, against Newcastle on Saturday and if we get a result there, people will forget about that Liverpool game quickly enough.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree to, to a certain degree. I mean, we need to put that behind us because, you know, you, you can't dwell on, on, certainly the players and the manager shouldn't be dwelling on, on a bad defeat because we've got important games coming up very quickly. So I'm hoping that they will. I, I, I just find it, maybe it's just because, um, I don't know, maybe I've, I've been around a little bit too long. But for me, I'm finding it a little bit strange how easily people seem to be making excuses for Arteta. It's a young team. We, we can't expect to get a result at Anfield. Brighton got a draw at Anfield in the, their last home game. Crystal Palace, with a new manager, went and won away at Manchester City. We never compete in these games. And we, we're constantly making excuses for years. Before, you know, Wenger was losing 4-0. It was Wenger's fault. Emery got hammered at Anfield. It was Emery's fault. Now we're getting hammered at Anfield again. And it's not Arteta's fault. It's because he's got a young team. Well, he's brought the players. So why why is it always us that always get hammered in these games? We never compete. Not one season do we ever compete with these teams. We never look like we could possibly get a result. Other teams do on a regular basis. Palace have won twice away at Man City in the last four years. You know, Brighton have got a draw at Liverpool. They won at Liverpool last year. And teams like that, they haven't got better players than us. They definitely haven't. But yet they can go there and they can compete with these teams and sometimes get a result. We never, ever do. And that to me is what... I don't know that just frustrates me so much. And it kind of one wonder, I'm wondering why it's always us that ends up on the wrong end of these games. It's always us every single year. And other teams, yeah, but they it's they might be really. we've,
3: we've beaten Liverpool with Arteta, we've beaten Chelsea with Arteta, we've beaten City with Arteta, we've beaten these teams. We do compete. And I, I agree We're that at the weekend game. we didn't. But we, we have done in the game. past with under Arteta. So
0: I mean, in, in Is, the, that, in the is Premier that an excuse League, or is that a fact? It's a fact, isn't no, no, it, that we've beaten no, in in the, these teams? No, in, in the Premier League, we haven't won away at Anfield under Arteta. We haven't won away at City under Arteta. We did win away at Stamford Bridge last year, which was just before they played in the FA Cup final. They rested after their team, but we did win that game, fair enough. But it wasn't the same, you know, there's the same pressure on that game for Chelsea as maybe that there normally is. But, you know, we are regularly getting beaten in all these games away from home. And... It's not looking like, on Saturday showed me, we wasn't looking at any different to what we have done under previous managers with different players. And it's the same mindset and we're falling apart. We go 1-0 down at Anfield, we end up losing 5-0. Brighton went 2-0 down at Anfield, came back and got a draw. I know it's a different game, different players, but these things happen more regularly with other teams than they do with us. We don't seem to be able to get a, compete in these games in the Premier League away from home. I mean, Melvin, you wait to come in there?
1: Yeah, just to say... Uh about learning on the job you're saying that Arteta's learning the job with all due respect you don't have to be a a, a great manager or an experienced manager to know that some of these substitutions he does doesn't make sense it's nothing to do with learning on the job they're just playing bad most i should think most if not all the fans can go what doesn't what's all that about it's nothing that is nothing there's other things he's doing learning on the job perhaps but definitely not the substitution she should know sometimes when you want to win a game, not that we're going to, I'm not talking about Saturday's game, I'm talking about other games, but when you're all A from home, you're getting beat by an inferior team 1-0, you don't suddenly put El Neni on for a forward, and he's done that in the past. So learning the game, you should know that, that should be like natural, not even thinking about it, and that's the disappointment for me. But I think things this year are looking a lot better, I really do. I, I, I you know... It, it's the team you've got to remember, like that. As they're young, they will get better, they'll they play a bit more together. At least he's playing a, a consistently back for the same back four. We might change the left back here and there with TN, I don't know, but it's consistent. You've got your goalkeeper, your right back, your two separate halves, which we haven't had for ages. And the only change will be the left back, barring injuries, which is fantastic. And with that, we're looking like the midfield might be a little bit consistent, though I think a few of them are away. In December they go away, December or whatever. But at least there's a little bit consistency going through the team. You've got your Smith, Rose, and Saka. I mean, perhaps Saka might need a rest, especially after I hate to knock him, but his performance on Saturday. I know no one played brilliantly, but I thought he just seems to lack that little bit of uh, of desire, if you like. You see, either he was tired or he just wasn't on it. And and but but at least there's as you said, in two months' time, three months' time, keep this going, and we'll have a better team. I really do. I think we we'll get stronger and stronger. But it doesn't mean you can say the manager hasn't made mistakes. He will make mistakes, but some mistakes like substitution shouldn't happen. That should be that should be the first thing a manager should do with his eyes shut, making decent substitutions. And he doesn't even uh, react. He doesn't proact. We know that. But he doesn't even react. The react is the same, same for same, like for like, which is is pointless, really.
0: Unless someone's injured, you make like for like. No, I mean, I I, I agree. I mean, something else actually on sort of the tactics and and stuff like that. I mean, for me, on Saturday, we started to play the ball out from the back again, which we've not done in recent games, actually, very much. We've done it occasionally. But against Liverpool, who press high up the pitch, you know that's what they're going to do. And we started playing it out from the back, which to me was playing right into Liverpool's hands. I mean, everybody could see that's not the way we can play against Liverpool, because that's our weakness, is playing it out from the back. Even with Ramsdale, who's better at it, and Leno was better, you know, than Leno is. But we've never been very good at playing it out from the back, and we've almost cut out doing that. I can't remember the last time we did it that much in a game as we did on Saturday against a team that pressure high up the pitch, and it just seemed. I mean, surely Arteta must know that's what Liverpool do. Everybody knows that's what Liverpool do, especially at Anfield. And I just found it really strange that suddenly he's gone back to playing like that in a game. That's the last game. If you're going to play it out from the back, play it out from the back against Newcastle, maybe. You're not going to pressure. Don't play out from the back against Liverpool away because that's the result. is always going to be the result that we got. I mean, Adam, did you find that a little bit strange that we did start doing that again when we had not a... well, we, did we, lately?
2: Yeah. I thought exactly the same thing when I was watching the game. I couldn't get my head around why they continued to do it and why they were, you know, you know, why they sustained it. You know, it was clearly <laughs> playing into Liverpool's hands. they, pressed from the front and they're known for that that's one of their strengths mm. so yeah I couldn't work it out and again like it just made no sense but even if like the manager's telling you surely the players know that that's not happening so you know you mm. go long or you just get rid of it I just you know that that worried me a little bit because you know obviously obviously we, we know that they want to play out where possible and that's one of the reasons we did get Rams though I think because he can play out mm. from the back yeah, yeah. but you do that against the teams we were able to You don't do it against the teams that are famous for a higher press. No, it was, exactly. it was baffling, to be quite honest they're, they're the best
1: at it as well, aren't they?
0: Yeah, exactly, they are. They're, exactly. The yeah. one team that you don't want to play out from back against is Liverpool, because if you get it wrong, you're going to get punished. And we not only did we do it a couple of times, we kept doing it and kept doing it until we were 4-0 down, and then suddenly we start going long. Oh, well, yeah, well, okay, well done. You should have done that 25 minutes ago. I mean, Dorsey, I wanted to touch on what Melvin said, actually, about the settled team that we've got now, because Arteta's not making many changes per week, is he? He's pretty much, as Melvin said, the same back five, um, pretty much the same midfield bar and injuries, and now Lacazette's come in, and we're, we're playing that same system. But... For me, it's more. Is it more about him not trusting the other players in the squad? Because it's the same players on the bench every week. Who aren't getting on? Martinelli, Rob Holding's not getting a game anymore. Cedric hasn't been on the pitch for for God knows how long. And is it because he doesn't trust the other players, or is it because he just wants this team to play more games together? But he's got to get a balance, isn't he? Because if Rob Holding has to play, for example, he's not going to be up with the pace in the Premier League because he's not played for months.
3: Yeah, I guess it's a combination of both, probably, to be honest. Um, he's obviously brought these players in, and he, especially with a back four, back five. He, the only way that you're ever going to get a, a real solid unit at the back is is by the same four or five players playing week in, week out. That's the only way you can do it. Um, yeah, it's probably a bit of both. I mean, people like Mari, and, I mean, we haven't even seen him at all. No. You don't see him anywhere. So it, it, it's probably a little bit of both, but it also comes in... To play when we're not playing as many games, you know. So if if we had, if we had European football, and we had Europa League, and a couple of, if you had a straightforward group where you could where you could rotate a little bit, then then we might have seen a, a bit more of these players. Um, but the fact that really we're only playing once a week, bar cup games as well, then I think like we said at the start of the, the start of the season when we were doing these shows was that there's no real excuse to rotate the team you know we, we, we've got a, we've got a good enough squad a big enough squad to compete in all three of the competitions that we're in so hmm. if and where way you can play your strongest 11 he's he's clearly he's clearly picked his starting 11 his strongest 11 we can all see that um and now it's just the case of these guys playing week in week out but you're right if you pick up an injury to gabriel or or, or ben white and you're expecting someone in someone to come in and Hit the ground running when they're stone cold. They've not played football. You know, it's yeah, that's a big ask, and it's it, it. You're you're probably going to get a few mistakes there as well, unfortunately. But I guess it's risk versus reward, isn't it? You know, you want you want a settled team, you want a, a settled eleven that can learn to play together. So you, so you do that. But yes, the the risk of it is that if players need to come in and do a job, it's going to be a bit more difficult for them. But yeah, it's always going to be a struggle when you're when you're playing probably. 15, 20 games less a season than what you would be used to, I guess. But yeah, personally for me, it's I, I like the fact that we're seeing a settled eleven because that's the only way that we're gonna we're gonna grow together and and, and kind of build a, a strong team and strong units. But yeah, it is it is a concern, and especially when players like Martinelli. I think Martinelli is a perfect example because you're not yeah. going to bring Rob Holding in to come and do a job for twenty minutes, are you, unless you get an injury. But
2: yeah, someone yeah, like
3: Martinelli. I just, he he's the one I don't get because by all intents and purposes, you look at him, he, he's, he looks from the outside in that he's one of the hardest working kids there in training. He seems like he's got a good, really strong mental, he's got a mentality that you want to see in the team. Mm. It's a bit bizarre whether or not, I did read somewhere that he was trying to transition him into a center forward role, but that's not really an excuse to not give him any minutes whatsoever. So that that's, that's really the only one that baffles me a little bit. Um, I don't particularly especially, want to see the, it.
0: Team. I've seen the team that's not scoring goals as well. It's not like right, it, it, forwards are scoring. Yeah, yeah. You can understand it, but they're not, are they? So why not freshen no. it up, change it? That's the one area in the
3: team. I guess the problem is the, two, the one of the two players that he's going to look to replace is is probably Saka or Smith Rowe. Now, I know Smith Rowe floats around and he, he he goes here, there and everywhere across the pitch, but predominantly he <laughs> starts the game on, on one of the flanks and then you've got Saka on the other. So... Do you do you drop one of them? But I agree with what you guys said earlier. Saka, the last he looks a bit tired. He's played a lot of football for someone that's so young. Um yeah. and I always worry that you're gonna end up with another Jack Wilshire. It's you don't want that to happen. So I think it's um yeah, it's important to rotate in the positions that you can. And Martinelli is a position that you can you can give him 20 minutes at the end of every game. It's not gonna make any difference, really, is it? <laughs> so um yeah. But, yeah, that's no, a difficult one. It's the risk versus reward, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. go on, Melvin.
3: Going back to Martinelli,
1: I think that I don't want him to play wide. I think he gets kicked to high heaven playing yeah. wide. I think his strengths are his runs, his timing, and he's getting away from players. I think he's a type of, not centre-forward, in my opinion, he could be a type of a Michael Owen type forward, where he's not centre-forward, but he's always at the top of the tree. Might be the right or left and coming in late. He's, as I say, he's got a great knack for, for his time. We haven't got that type of player. We've got no. Aubameyang and, and Lacazette. That I mean, Lacazette, for all his hard work, and he does work bloody hard, he's like, he reminds me of a tree. He's a solid tree, you know? He's like that. <laughs> Holds the ball up. And, you know, he's not but away and goes past the defender. Oh and, and the way that bamiang has been playing recently, I know that he's our captain, in inverted commas, but really, he doesn't deserve to play every game for 90 minutes. And if you're selling, and, it, and he very rarely takes a Bameyang off, I don't think he even take him off for ten minutes. I mean, Martinelli deserves more than ten minutes. If if I was, if I if I had my way, I would play a Bameyang on games like this, obviously. And if after half time, after half time, he's not doing it, because let's face it, you can tell after ten minutes if a going to have a decent game. He comes off his knee sometimes, you know what he's going to be like, right? And other times he's up for it and he's like, oh here, here we go. Hmm. I would take him off if manager's got enough confidence and grit to take him off and stick miles in there because he can't do worse. And, and it gives the defense, whoever we're playing, something different to think about. Going, you know, it he, takes the defense everywhere. And when you've got runners like Saka and Smith Rowe as well behind him, all of a sudden, we're not that easy to read. And we can play at pace. And if you've got crosses coming in from Tavares or, or Tierney or, or, or Tommy, that's the perfect guy you want in the middle running through. So I just don't know why we don't play him. It's it's really it's a conundrum, isn't it? It's a bit like the um, Saliba conundrum, you know. We, we you know, it, it, just we spent I'm not saying it's bad money spending fifty million on Ben White, but we had a ready-made centre out there. Perhaps all right, he's not up to Ben White's standards yet, Saliba, because he's not playing the Premier. But at the end of the day, should have given him a chance last year to see what we have got. It's untested. Really, we spent fifty million on something else that's not been
0: tested. No, 100%. I mean, what's going to happen now is you can guarantee that Arsenal will end up spending millions of pounds on a forward when we've got Martinelli who can come in and do a job. And we know he can do a job because he's, he's done a job in a team before. He's got a lot of goals. So that's what we'll do. We'll end up spending millions of pounds on a striker because that's what everyone's going to demand. The fans are going to demand it. Arteta yeah, yeah. probably will demand if we get a new striker. And we've got one who, yes, he's not the finished product yet at all. Of course, he's still only young, but he's not playing. He's never going to develop and become a top Premier League player if he's, if he's stuck on the bench for 90 minutes every week or 89 minutes or whatever how long he's on the bench for, which is most of the game. You know, he's hardly coming on, is he, at all? And, you know, has he got what it takes to really make it in the Premier League? We're never going to know, are we, at the moment? And we are going to end up spending millions of pounds on a striker, no doubt, if not in January, certainly in the summer, I would imagine, because Lacazette's probably not going to be here, uh, rather than just giving him the opportunity where we know that he can do it. And we've got an interesting point here from Shane, actually. He says, hi, let's hope you're well. How much impact on the club will Kronke's $1 billion find? Um, I mean, that's the interesting thing. I mean, I don't think it's going to make too much difference because he's not exactly, um, you know, investing a lot in, in us anyway, is he? So, I don't know. I mean... We'll see. What, what do you guys think about that, then? Obviously, the, the, the American football kind of situation. I never heard about it. I don't know. I'm ignorant on that. What went on? What, what,
1: what did he get fined for?
0: I, I'm not sure exactly what he got fined for. It's to, to do with the, the American football team, isn't it? is not it? The is it the, the Rams or whatever it is, his team? Something to, oh, to do with it. Rams, yeah. it's yeah. well, no,
1: we go back up to the Emirates on Saturday and part of the stadium has gone. I reckon that's what's
0: probably happening. <laughs> All the seats will be out, yeah. Yeah.
3: Hopefully it means he'll sell up.
0: Well, this this, this this could be the thing, couldn't it? If he needs the money, who knows? You know, maybe that could be a good thing for us. But if he doesn't sell up, I think he's all
2: right, money-wise.
0: no he probably is all right money wise let's be honest but i don't know it'd be interesting to see what difference it does make i mean it's not like he's been splashing out loads of money and suddenly he's going to think, oh i better tighten my belt a little bit now um that's not really been the case i don't think he's going to make an awful lot of difference other than maybe it will make him think more about selling a club maybe and then he can throw all his money into one club as opposed to spreading it out over over two maybe but we'll see i mean um i'm not really sure gonna make. With the um with the
2: American football side yes, of things right. though, like they all they always knew that there was a potential lawsuit when you... Cause I, I think I think if I've I've not looked at it I follow American football a bit but I think it was because St Louis were were suing them for moving the club from St Louis to LA and I think that St Louis oh. as a state or as a city were trying was suing them and evidently when they were making that move they kind of had already counted accounted for the potential money that was going to go to that, um, you know, right. because, they again, they weighed it all up. They, they, got, they kind of knew it was going to be about $700 million or something fine, and they were kind of counterbalancing that. And I think that's what he got fined for. I might be wrong, but I think that is the fine. But I think that, from what I gather, they'd already accounted that as part of the move because they knew that by moving to LA, biggest or most expensive state in the world, they'll get their money back sooner rather than later. So they kind of
1: they, they moved with a calculated risk. Can I, ask oh,
2: your well, I mean,
0: Would you travel LA to watch the Arsenal win in a couple of years' time when he does that? <laughs> no. no uh, I'm going to LA next month, actually. I was going to see oh, yeah. Arsenal. Well, don't go and
2: yeah. watch the Rams anyway. But,
0: um, but no, I mean, if, I suppose... Well, no, don't it, check the stadium. Though. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if it's going to make a lot of difference. Really. I mean, if, if Adam's right there, maybe they'd already accounted for that money, then it's not going to make a difference at all, is it? Because they were expecting it and they'll be prepared um if if that isn't the case then who knows what the difference is going to make but i don't know i've given up kind of worrying about what the Cronkies may or may not do so we just have to put up with it don't we and if if they if they invest a little bit in our team which they have done this summer they did we spent uh, you know the most money out of anyone else so you know they have they've put some money into it i guess but but yeah we'll have to see what happens i mean i don't think we can worry too much about what they're going to do because um well, we say they're the owners that we've got and we're stuck with them, aren't we? Unfortunately. Um obviously as Dorsey mentioned a little bit a little while ago, that um the important thing now having lost to Liverpool in the way that we did is that we bounced back. Now, you could say that actually we've got a great opportunity to bounce back because we're playing the team at the bottom of the league at home. And these are the sort of games where this season in particular, although sometimes we struggle to get the result, we have gotten a victory. But is this not maybe a, not a great time to be playing Newcastle, the new manager syndrome and all that kind of stuff? So I think we need to have a little look at that as well. Was so that picture there was last season's game when Obama actually scored a goal, which I know seems quite a long time ago now, but he, he did used to score some goals actually at one point. And he's got a good record against Newcastle, funnily enough. He's got about five or six goals against them. So it's maybe a good opportunity, a good game for him as well. But new managers come to Newcastle, obviously. I know he, it was his first game last week, although he wasn't in the stadium because he, he had COVID. And he may not be able to travel to London at the weekend. But do we feel now, maybe, obviously, I'd say a few weeks ago, we would have thought guaranteed three points by Newcastle at home. Um, they have kind of playing a little bit better now, haven't they? Since they got rid of Steve Bruce, they, they seem to be a lot more of an attack, attacking team. And they, they played well last week. I mean, Melvin, do you think this is maybe not the best time to be playing in, bearing in mind we, we've just come back off a big defeat as well?
1: No, I think it's OK. I'm not worried about that at all. I mean... You can always make reasons for not playing a team. I mean, it's Newcastle, with all due respect. No excuses, okay, if they've got a new manager. We should be beating teams like that, especially with the with the team we've got. You know, if we don't beat them, well, I don't want any excuses, it's poor. We don't beat them. I don't care who the manager is, mm. because he hasn't had a chance. Yeah, teams have a bounce when they get a new manager, but even with the bounce, we should be too good for this one. Because they haven't got a great team, let's face it. They have, they've got some big weaknesses in that side. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. They've got the great. Oh, yeah. They got the guy up front. Um, son, what's his name? Same. Maximum
0: Maximum, He's
1: yeah. good, isn't he? He's, he's, good. Good. Yeah. I love yeah, he's him. good. I like. him a lot. That's that's a worry for me. But apart from that, no. So they got a new manager. We're Arsenal. We're at home. We're you know we're in the top. Whatever we are, six or whatever it is. But you know, let's just let's just go for it. And uh, you know, apart from uh, luck, I don't have any other excuses.
0: No, no, I mean, I don't think we need to make excuses, but, you know, uh, we know what's happened previously. Clubs get a new manager. We've seen it with Norwich. Um, we've seen it with Aston Villa, um, and it can be a, a bad time. You know, we've got Man United in a couple of weeks, and they've just got rid of their manager as well. So we're not having much luck on that side of it. And we've suffered in the past, haven't we, with a new manager syndrome against us. And you know, I, I, like I said two weeks ago, I wouldn't have even thought twice about beating Newcastle at home. You, you know, we beat them at home every year, and you'd have thought we'd guarantee three points out of straight off the bat. But suddenly now, I'm starting to think that other things have maybe gone on that have maybe maybe less. Confidence, shall we say i'm not saying that i don't think we'll win we'll come on to that a little bit later but i mean adam what are your thoughts kind of ahead of this game you know obviously eddie how is he's going to improve him isn't he and he already sort of you could see from an attacking sense he improved him last week they're still a little bit sort of they've got a work to do at the back haven't they but then that's our issue as well isn't we can't score enough goals anyway so what are you kind of thinking ahead of this game
2: i think you know, like Melbourne, I am. I, there's we should be beating Newcastle, you know, not just based on current form, but they're not a great team this year. And whether that changes in January, on whoever they're able to get in, but at the moment, they're not a good team. I think you take Saint Maximan out of that team, maybe Callum Wilson as well. That's about you know, they're their two main threats, if you ask me. Um, and I'm not overly concerned, but my only concern is the fact that they're due a win. Remember a couple of weeks ago, I said Norwich would due a win. And then they have gone two and about. Newcastle were long overdue a win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they've lost. They've not, they've not won, have they, this season? They're the only team who's not won right. a game this season. They've drew a few. You know, so part of me is thinking they are due a win, but we should be beating them. Like, as simple as that. I'm, I am confident. I am confident we'll, we'll get a reaction. Um, and I think if we can get... Again, they say it's really important, but if we can get that first goal and we can get it early on, I think we'll be fine. You know, I'll go on to my predictions a little bit later. But... Um, I am worried about the whole, you know, they are dual-win kind of thing, but if we lose, mm. then there's some serious questions there. You know, at home, against the team are at the bottom, when the game, new manager or not, you know, they're not a strong side at the moment. So, yeah, I'm confident.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think we're all confident, but it's just, I don't know, I feel as though... It- couldn't, it might, it, it's not the best time maybe that these fixtures come up really, you know, I'd say I'd prefer to have played them a little while no. ago, but anyway, you can't help when the games come, they just come when, when the fixtures say, and you just have to get on with it and, uh, and do it, but yeah, I just think it might be a more difficult game now than it may have been, not that, you know, we still should be too good for it. I any light game's trick. difficult
2: though, really, mm-hmm. any, games, any, games, any game's difficult, really. Yeah, I mean, you right know, we made we made, we made hard work of beating Watford and Norwich, didn't we, where, because on paper both of those should have been pretty easy, but we made hard work of those two games, so you just never
0: know. No, exactly. I mean Norwich, I think when we played them, they were bottom of the league without a win. I don't think they'd even scored a goal. Yeah. And um, we struggled to beat them. So yeah, it could be a similar game to that, maybe. I mean, Dorsey, what, what are you thinking? Are you are you expecting a reaction obviously from the Liverpool game first of all? And and do you think that Newcastle are I mean Adam rightly says they are dual win at some point, they're gonna win a game this season at some stage, probably before Christmas, um, is this maybe their, their chance to to maybe catch us if we were on an off day and maybe nick, nick, nick a result?
3: If they beat us at the weekend, we would have beaten ourselves, not them beating us. We, we'd have turned not turned up, not got a reaction. For me, that's the only way I can see us not, not winning this game is by... Um, I'm, I'm expecting it to be comfortable, but the, the thing with Arsenal, we've all mentioned it, Tonight and on other shows as well is 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 the longer that goes nil nil that's when when we start to struggle and we we, we start to struggle We're looking at options and what we can do off the bench and stuff like that it doesn't really seem to to make too many changes but like Adam said if I can I can see us getting an early goal and if we get an early goal then I think it'll be willing it to be comfortable um, I think we'll, we'll we'll get a few hopefully but um, yeah I'm not I'm not too worried. Um, overly about the weekend, it just be what kind of reaction we get. If we get a good reaction, we'll win it. If we don't, then we're going to be in trouble.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think that's generally how it probably is. I mean, we do have such a good record against Newcastle as well, not just at home, but in any game, you know, they very rarely ever beat us or get a draw, do they? I mean, we beat them three times last season without conceding a goal, and that seems to be how it goes against against these. But I don't know. There's there's something nagging away in my mind because of the new manager thing and the fact that, you know, you're right what you said there, Doisie. You know, we played Norwich and Watford at home and we didn't get an early goal and we struggled and we did finally break them down and get the goal in the second half and win the game 1-0. But um, this could be a similar game. I'm expecting maybe it to be a similar game to that if we don't score early in the first 20 minutes then it's going to be an almighty struggle because Newcastle are going to grow in confidence. And they are, I mean, as Melvin said, they've got that threat on the counter-attack of St. Maximum and he's got pace, he's tricky and he could cause us problems on the counter-attack. Definitely. There's no doubt about that. You know, so I'm not, you know, yes, I think we'll probably win. We'll come on to that in a minute, but, but yeah, I, I do. I do think Newcastle are going to be more dangerous opponent now than, they say they may have been a few weeks ago and it is a little bit of a you know it's slightly nagging away at me and if we don't win the game even if we only get a draw i mean what do you think that the reaction will be to that melbourne obviously having lost to liverpool in the way that we did if we don't beat newcastle at home you know when we've got two really big away games in the next week after that as well tough away games traditionally for us at man united and everton i know man United have got their problems and so have ever actually at the minute but uh, two more tough games. What sort of reaction do you think that they'll be, you know, from the fans on social media and everything else, you know, if we, we, we fail to beat the team bottom of the league at home? Well,
1: it all depends on the
0: performance,
1: actually, Richard. I mean, if, if it's one of those games where nothing went right and we've got some bad decisions and it just wasn't going to be our day and we draw two of, I don't think the, the fans in the stadium would be all right. You might get people on social media who didn't go to the game, read the headline and go, oh, bloody hell, we're rubbish. If you actually watch the game and you study it and you think, no, this is just one of those games, every team has it. Let's face it, uh, every team gets beat in this league and at home, whoever they are, then you've just got to accept it. That's part of being a football fan and being an Arsenal fan. most But if they actually have a poor performance, their shoulders are down, there's no energy, there's, no, there's nothing, then I think, yeah, there will be a bad reaction. I think it's partly, uh, let's face it, I've been to Arsenal games over the years when it's nil-nil, we've been absolutely rancid, absolutely shocking. We've got to go in the last minute and everyone's happy and waiting for the next game. So it is a lot about results. We are, as football fans, all about winning. We are all about winning, but sometimes you've got to take a step back and look at the performance.
0: No, no, I I agree. I mean, you know, one of the things, I mean, I I want to come on to it a bit later as well, but one of the things for me is enjoying watching the team play It not something that, I've found an awful lot of lately actually over the last couple of years or so actually enjoying watching the way that we play and yeah, I want to be entertained. I want to enjoy the game and play well. And obviously usually that will lead to a victory against a team like Newcastle, I suppose. I mean, Adam, would it, would it worry you that if we don't win that, you know, you know, the, the reaction to the Liverpool game, especially on social media, a lot of, you know, people turning on the team again after, after the, run that we've been on i mean if, if we don't beat newcastle i can see that being you know getting a lot worse straight away
2: yeah i mean that's one of the things that for me frustrates me the most about our fan base the fact that you know you just knew or you know i didn't go on to twitter straight after the liverpool game so i just knew what it was going to be like i knew what it was going to be over social media i just thought i don't need that we've just lost four 0 you know pretty disappointed as it is i just don't need that right now so i waited until the next morning, and I think I put a post out just to say that like literally Arsenal Twitter was in meltdown, and that's just and like you said, like you know, it's just a gut reaction of people who just you know want to spout off stuff that they probably don't even believe after time. That's the thing I genuinely think. I think people will spout stuff out there just to get likes or clickbait, whatever you want to call it. I genuinely believe that because if you you know, I was frustrated, don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day come this game I'll forget about that game because I want us to win on Saturday so I'll be at the match Saturday and I'll be getting behind them, I'll be encouraging them and that's at the end of the day what we should do because like Melvin said football's football, you win some you lose some, you draw some but, and that's the nature of the beast and I think that we've got no divine right to win every single game of football and no. I think that some of our fan base think that we have because we're Arsenal and we've you know, won the titles before. and that annoys me a little bit but yeah, if, if it's not a good performance then we don't get a win, whether it's a draw or a loss, again, it'll go into complete meltdown. Do you know what I mean? Whereas, 20 hmm. well, years ago, before social media, there'd be none of that. It would just be like, oh, yeah, we lost the game. Bad write up in the, in the papers. We move on. Do you know what I mean? So, um, We'd have yeah, a
0: meltdown it, in the pub, though, wouldn't we, to be fair,
2: after the game, usually. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that, that's the good part about it, I guess. But um, you know what I'm saying. It's like It does frustrate me. You know, and that, that kind of aspect of where the game is now. But, um, yeah, for me, we've all seen performances where we've played really, really well and we've either lost or drew. It happens. They're frustrating. But you've got to kind of see that performance. I mean, like I said, I quite love a game when we play bad and we sneak a win. I love it. I think, like, you've got away with Sonic. It's quite, oh, you know, that's great. But, um, yeah, unless, for some people, unless we're winning three or four nil, they're never going to be happy. You know what I mean? They're never going to be happy. I know people who are complaining about the Watford game, winning 1-0. Even though we dominated the possession, Watford had had one strong goal, but because we only won 1-0, that, they don't see that. They just see it as a 1-0 rather than actually what the game was about. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that there'll be no reason to give, like, you know, the, the Twitter meltdown to happen. I hope it'll be a nice, convincing, straightforward Saturday lunchtime, but it very rarely is, isn't it? So we'll see.
0: That, yeah,
2: exactly.
3: It very really is.
0: Um, Mark Darby in chats this evening, guy. You said Dorsey, liking the long locks. He says it's, you've it's never nice. got a hat on actually, haven't you? So it's nice to. I uh, normally
3: yeah, I, yeah. I do normally. I, it's it's only just starting to take shape a bit. <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it,
0: it does looking. He's looking cool. I wish I could grow mine as well, but anyway, that's that, those days are long gone, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, that is a problem, isn't it? That it's very. I mean, I don't suppose Arsenal fans on social media are probably any worse than any other club fans. They're, you know, very reactionary and up and down. And when you win, you know, you're going to win the league, and when you lose, you're going to get relegated. It's it's a bit like that sometimes. And I think Arsenal because Arsenal have got a big, a, a big following on social media, you know, Arsenal probably got one of the biggest, you know, interact, fans interact on social media, probably more than most other clubs. That's probably why it seems that way. But I mean, Dorsey, we, we, we've seen some crazy stuff out there this last week, haven't we? After the Liverpool game and and also as well, I think on both sides, I think that there's people that are overreacting to the fact we lost 4-0 and also people are overreacting to the fact that we went 10 games unbeaten. And it's kind of, there's a, there's a bit of a clash, isn't there? There seems to be, there doesn't seem to be a lot of middle ground. It doesn't seem as though you can just accept how things are and be disappointed that we lose and maybe not too excited when we only beat Norwich, uh, Norwich and Watford 1-0. But it everyone seems to be either, oh, we're brilliant because we've gone 10 games unbeaten, Arteta's fantastic. Or it's like, this is the end of the world because we've lost 4-0 to Liverpool. Isn't it? it doesn't seem to be any anything in the middle for some reason.
3: It, it's bizarre. It really is bizarre. And I think that the days of... For me, you judge a manager and you judge a team on a season season's 38 games long. And for me, that's where you judge it. Yeah, obviously, you don't want to go... Obviously, the run we had last year, we, we lost eight games out of nine or wherever it was. Obviously, if you're starting to see runs like that, then it's clearly a problem. Um, and there's clearly something underlying that needs to be resolved. But, I mean, losing at Anfield... I mean, I, I love the club like everybody else does. I just wasn't that bothered because, for me... I wasn't expecting the game. Yes, I didn't like the way we lost the game. Yes, Arteta made mistakes in the game. He made silly substitutions, and the players didn't step up. We had no leadership. It it went back to individual errors from from Tavares, who who actually I would say has been phenomenal the last three games that he's played. I thought he's been absolutely brilliant. But yeah, it is what it is. You judge you judge your team on the season. You see where we finish. I mean. I said it earlier on, we win Saturday and City win and we're, we're, we're in the top four on points. You know, obviously we're, we won't beat West Ham on goal difference, but, you know, it's it's just so reactionary and I'm, I'm exactly the same as Adam. To be honest, I, I, I just don't even bother looking after a game, especially after a, a poor result. And I think the problem where it feels like it's worse with Arsenal is because it's been growing over such a long period of time obviously we had the back end of of Wenger's reign where it all kind of really really started off the, off the back of certain YouTube channels and it, and it kind of that that it grew arms and legs from that um, and then obviously Emery came in and he kind of settled it to start with and then that all went wrong as well so kind of that made it intensify a bit and it, and it got worse and then. There are fans out there that I don't think it matters what Arteta does. I don't think they'll ever they'll ever get behind him. It's it, it's it's sad, really. And I'm listen. I I am behind Arteta, and I, and I, and I do like eighty percent of what he's doing. I'm the first one to 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 say when he's made a mistake and when he should have done things differently. But I guess in terms of myself managing my own expectations, and that's why I don't rant on social media. There's just no point because. Like you said back in the day, you just go to the go to the pub with your mates, smash it out over a beer, and that'd be it. You move on. You go to the next game, and you and you and you worry about it at the end of the season. But yeah, it's um, it's sad, really. It's sad, really, because like Adam said, people just do it purely just to get a reaction. It's not not for any. After time, what they post, like Adam said, they probably don't even believe what they're writing after time. So it's just. Um, yeah, it's just best to stay away from it after a game, especially a defeat.
0: Yeah, and I mean, uh, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do something a bit different on the channel, really, just to try to, you know, so we can, you don't always have to agree, agree with everybody's opinion, but it's nice just to yeah. be able to talk about it sensibly and, you know, not just. You know, I've seen shows on YouTube that are literally just reactionary shows, aren't they? And that's you know they they do that to get to get views and people watch them, which is up to them. But I don't know. I always wanted to try and do something a bit different, and I think that we do. You know, we can we can discuss these things and make good points and, and talk about it, which I think which I think is important as well. So, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I just think that the social media thing it maybe helps in a way because it maybe brings more interest to it all. But ultimately, it, you know, certainly from an Arsenal fan's point of view, it, it isn't always uh, very productive, is it, generally? That's the problem. And we don't seem to get anywhere. We have Arsenal fans arguing amongst themselves because someone thinks one thing and someone thinks something else rather than just being able to actually understand that everybody's not going to see the game the same way as you do. And that's fine. Let's, you know, let's talk about it and have a discussion. And, and hopefully, you know, agree to disagree if you have to at the end that's fine but don't just you know shout people down and this and the other just because they might not agree with what, what you think and i don't know that that's the problem for me more than
3: um, i think it baffles me that people don't seem to realize that they're a part of the problem <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they put all of this stuff online i don't think they i genuinely don't think they realize just how much of this the players probably see um mm-hmm. I, and, they, and they're part of the problem they, they don't. they're not improving anything if you support a club you don't put stuff like that online out there for for the club and the players to see if it, it just it doesn't make any sense to me I don't understand what what the what the the end game is for them what what they expect to achieve they'll they'll yeah. grow it on their page they'll get a load of followers and it will last a year and then they'll die out like everyone else does it it just baffles me.
0: No, you're right. It's a shame, really, that it's become become like that, really, because, you know, it's just, uh, like you said, the players probably do catch some of it as well. And it annoys me sometimes when some of the players actually interact with some of these channels that are the the biggest culprits of it, really. And you see the players interacting with the people that's on there. It's like, what are you doing? But anyway, they, maybe they maybe they kind of enjoyed that themselves, some of them. I don't know. You, you get that feeling, don't you, yeah. I suppose? But um, I mean, sort of moving away from social media, maybe now's the time to perhaps do a little archive section, going back to a time before social media when Arsenal used to lose games quite regularly in this particular season, especially. <laughs> um, and no one seemed to care as much, or we didn't seem to be as bothered, although it wasn't much fun. But let's see what we all remember about about this season. <laughs> In the picture, there's Ian Wright, of course, who um, was the main uh, the main reason that we kind of managed to endure a lot of the games that season. 94-95 is the season. A difficult season for Arsenal, actually, and a difficult season for George Graham because uh, he didn't last the season, did he? That was the end for him, sort of three quarters of the way through the season when all that happened with the the bung situation over the Norwegian players that he bought in this and the other, but... It looked as though, for me, that season, it looked as though George Graham had lost the plot before we got to that stage. Melvin, you must you must have felt that as well. Yeah, we had that, um, we'd won the, the Cup Winners Cup the year before and we had that game against uh, Milan, wasn't it? For the, the They yeah. won the European Cup and it was like a Super Cup, wasn't it? And we went there and yeah. didn't really compete. And it's almost like I got the feeling then that George Graham had given up with Arsenal.
1: Oh, I think that, guy, I remember the home game. I think we played the home game first, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we drew nil-nil. Nil, yeah. nil and we didn't yeah. have a clue. didn't have a scooby. Yeah. It was i mean AC Milan, one of the top teams to play in europe at that time hmm. you know we didn't get a lot of europe in and uh, it was so exciting to go to Highbury that night because the atmosphere is always yeah. better at night. really looked forward to it got there and it was like a damn squid yeah absolute damn It's like well, what was all that about Ooh. and yeah. it was you just felt as the season was going on that there was something lacking from being championship winning the, the sorry the the division or division one of Division 1 winners a a couple of years before that and a couple of years before that, won the Cup, won the Cup Winners' Cup. There was something about this team, there was solidity, great defence and all of a sudden it all seemed to splinter. Mm. If and I didn't score, we did let in goals and we got beat. I mean, I remember sitting there thinking, older on a minute, there is an outside chance. I know that we had a bad run, I think out of seven games we got three points near the end Mm. of the season. And yet, our worst at the end of that seven games, we were, we were quite high, we were 12th. But I remember around that time looking at the table and going from 12th to a relegation, there's only four or five points in it. If that, yeah, yeah. It. we've got we are in a mess here. We've won one game in seven, lost all the others. If we yeah. go on that run again, we are down. How did that come about? What happened there? What changed? Yeah. It was really strange. I mean, I, I remember more about that season, more for the Cups than the, the league uh, position. Yeah. I remember playing at home to Millwall in the FA Cup. Yeah. And it was, I think they battered us really. They we were at home. They went 1-0 up. Like, we just couldn't get near them. And then Kennedy, Mark Kennedy, scored a goal in yeah. the last minute. He looked terrific that game. He looked absolutely yeah. fantastic. And
0: yeah. it was one of
1: those, oh, end of the game, we're out of the Cup to Millwall. I think we'd gone away to him and gotten back to Highbury. That was yeah. horrible. Also, in the um, in the uh, cup winners, not cup, was it the cup? Yeah, cup winners' cup. When hmm. we saw off Sampdoria Sambido- in penalties, that was a great yeah. tie, and that was a good tie. And then I thought we were slightly lucky when uh, who do we play? Was it, it all yeah, there? When Wright scored in away yeah, cup. Yeah. Drawn at home, nil So We've got no advantage there. They, had, you know, no advantage, and come to their place, and we did, didn't play well that night. It just wasn't happening. And then Wrighty got a goal and broke their hearts, basically. And we... and that, well,
0: yeah. We we drew 1-1 one, one at home, Melvin. So, they actually had end the way We had
1: it? to score. Yeah, we did. we yeah, had, we to, had score to score over there. Yeah, we had yeah. to score. And they were, they were playing for, obviously, a nil-nil, the other team. Yeah. And then Wrighty got a goal, an individual goal, as he normally did. And it got us out of trouble. That was it. And uh, I went to the final, the um, game. Yeah, I did. Because
0: yeah. of I mean, team... Yeah, I went to that. It was
1: a nightmare. Yeah. Everything was a nightmare. Everything. I, I went say. to went with my mates. We 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 uh, drove there. We got a ferry and drove there, or whatever. And uh, parked the car. When we uh went to the game, got on the metro to get into Paris. Mm. Shocking game. They won. I didn't even realise who scored the winner. Be honest with you.
0: No, that's so an afterwards. No.
1: Yeah, and all of a, and then they wouldn't let us out the ground. The police or these yeah. people until they'd done the lap of honour. What was all that about? It was like oh, there. we don't want to see this I was no. like shut your eyes and shut here, listen to the crowd cheering we got outside and the police took us furthest away from the metro station by the yeah. time we walked to the metro that's when I found out that he scored the win at 19 mm. then we got to where we parked the car it had bloody been locked so we had to wake <laughs> someone up it was in a block of flats we parked it we were allowed to but it got locked it was just an absolute nightmare from one thing to the other and I remember going back on the old boat, you know, hovercraft, whatever it was, I can't remember, and saying to someone, we just got to start again. Yeah. This is no good. It's just like, we've lost our soul. I don't know, yeah. I know what was going to happen then, but I knew we had to start again. As I say, the cup matches, the league matches, the league position, I mean, it was some rotten games, really unforgettable games. And I went around through the list before, and I can't remember a lot of them. It's just unforgettable. The one I do remember, though, I'll tell you what it was. Arsenal won Forrest Nil when we bought Lenny Elder. Yeah, yeah. Like he was on something. He was yeah. on something that shouldn't be allowed. He looked so fast and direct. He just kicked the ball 50 yards ahead of him, it seemed. Yeah. Every time. We thought we got I think that might have been his home debut. It was, he was, yeah. Got one here. We have got one here. It's amazing. And then all of a sudden, he didn't quite make it, did he? Let's face it. But with all that, I still think. I'm Glad we bought him because he gave the pass to Burkham for his first ever goal. I'm not saying Burkham yeah. wouldn't have scored ever, but he just the right time set you know set the match alight for Burkham. That was a fantastic. That also yeah. we bought we bought yeah. Kewombe. all at the Kewombea. same time. It's like yeah. I think before George Graham went. They let him spend all that money and then sacked him a few days later, I think. It was really weird. Yeah. yeah. I used to work with an Ipswich yeah. supporter, and he went to me. You've actually just bought Kawambi off. I said, Yeah, he's all right. He goes, no, I can't see it. Sorry. I said, You're joking. He went, Nope. Can't understand why Arsenal have bought Kawambi. I think he scored a couple of goals, which helped keep us up. He scored he in
0: that forest game. He did score in that forest game, yeah. Because that I was really the first saw. game after Joel no, right. was sacked, wasn't it? That forest game. That was the first game after. I think George got sacked during that day, and then they played the game that night against Forest. And Helder made his debut, and and Kiwami scored the winner. Yeah.
1: Oh well, that's that's I'm that's how close it was to him buying those three players yeah. and getting yeah. The sack. Yeah. Weird, isn't it, Well they do yeah. that?
0: No. It was mad,
1: yeah. That was a game I, I remember. Um Other than that, as I say, Paul Mercer was in trouble that year, wasn't he? He got he didn't play. He didn't play for three months because of his problems. Yeah, that's um, right.
0: That was, that was the season when that all came out, yeah. And he was, yeah, I think it was about, it was about two or three months. In fact, I think his, his comeback game was that AC Milan game. Was it? I that, was, that was his comeback game from all of that when he when he came back from his, you know, he'd been in rehab and all whatever else as well. And that was his, I'm sure he came on as a sub and at that hybrid game, and he, that was his return to the side. I'm sure it was that game. Um, well, but, yeah.
1: We, we finished 12th, but hmm. I'll be honest with you, we nearly went down that season. We yeah, the table. we nearly went down.
0: Uh, anyway, no, we did. I mean, you, you mentioned that we on that run that you were talking about, a really bad run, when we were sinking down the table a little bit. And I remember we played the end of that run. We played Norwich at home, and they were fighting relegation as well. And that was almost it. sounded weird at the time, but that was like a relegation six-pointer almost. That higher yeah. against Norwich. And I remember Lee Dixon scored a goal in that game. I know we ended up winning five-one, but Lee Dixon scored an important goal in that game. And like the celebrations that were like you wouldn't have thought it was a game against Norwich at home and yeah. in like March, whatever it was. It was so important that we won that game. And then we went to Aston Villa and won 4-0. And that basically meant that we were going to stay up, kind of thing. Um, which yeah, it was weird that season because we never we never sunk down to the net bottom of the table, but we we're always just above it with a couple of points to spare, weren't we? And all, pretty much all the way through. And then eventually we got a couple of wins and we kind of sealed um sealed it really. But yeah, it was It was a crazy season. So many things went on. Say the Paul Merson thing, George Graham getting sacked. um, You know, us being in the wrong end of the table most of the season, really, even from the start. I know we won our first game, but then after that, we, you know, we just fell away. It was just a nothing season in the league. It was, but in the end, as you said, we got to that final. And yeah, we actually stayed overnight. We got a hotel and I drove actually from, from, uh, Calais to Paris and that and then we stayed overnight and stuff. But there were loads of Chelsea fans in the Arsenal end that night because Chelsea had been in a semi-final, had lost to Zaragoza And had they won, they'd have been in the final. So a lot of Chelsea fans already bought tickets and they ended up in the Arsenal section. There was loads of trouble going on. There was Millwall fans in there apparently as well. It was just it was just one of the worst nights ever watching Arsenal, that for me. It was just dreadful. It was one of the worst ever games I've been to ever in my life. It was terrible, and yeah, it didn't help obviously that we lost the way that we did in the last minute of extra time, with with you know naive scoring as well. But yeah, that was just horrible. And the, the journey home on the ferry, you know, you you just lost the cup final in the last minute, and you got all that you know four hour, five hour drive back to Calais, whatever it was, and then you got to be on the ferry. It was just horrible. That that was terrible. That was the worst away ever. that was just terrible. Anyway, the, the less said about that the better i suppose i mean adam do you remember much about that season i do
2: actually yeah. yeah um i was in paris as well um and i was in copenhagen the year before which is obviously a completely different trip um oh, yeah and the, the paris one we had done a, the coach trip like the club put on the coach trip like so yeah. you start god knows yeah. what hour in the morning outside Highbury, and then got back in the yeah. Evening. but yeah i remember the um Journey there being quite good, fun, jovial, singing, and the journey back lasting days, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, is, yeah. Coach. yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, I literally remember exactly the same what you did. Like, I couldn't work out why they were keeping us in after the game. Like, mm. the Zaragoza fans were staying there, so there was no reason to keep us there as well. And mm. I remember the place being quite heavy handed. I mean, I was only yeah, like 15, yeah,
0: no, 15
2: right. 16, and I'm, I remember my dad trying to protect me in that, like, you know, because. They were being very very forceful, very heavy handed with the battens and stuff and yeah for, for me that age it was a bit a bit intimidating i remember that as well um yeah i remember that like, you know it was an experience let's put it that like. was an experience yeah also <laughs> yeah. awful, awful, awful yeah. <laughs> game of football but i think the other thing for me on a personal level was that was also the first time that season that i started doing domestic away games and that was actually the oh, first I'm... season that I started went on for a few years after that but that was the first away games my first away game in the in domestic was actually Norwich that season, which was nil nil. And again, you yeah. always remember your first proper away game. Like I'd I'd been away in Europe before, but not domestically. Randomly, I'd done Europe before, you know, before domestic stuff. But I remember it was chucking it down with rain, and it was the most dull game of football ever. Nil nil, chucking it yeah, down. That game, yeah, I remember yeah, that. just like the heavens open. I remember Stefan Schwartz being the only half decent player out there, and then he stayed with us that one season, didn't he? Yeah, and I was, it was a little bit miffed as to why he never stayed because, like, even when we were a poor team that year, I thought he was a decent player. Yeah, well, uh, but maybe that was the fact that he was a decent player and we weren't a decent team at the time, I don't know, you know. So <laughs> that goal he
0: scored, uh, I mean, Melvin mentioned the Sampdoria game, but that goal he yeah. scored in the last That's minute, it, yeah, to extra time yeah. when we were just about to go out, and that was that free kick. That's, I'll always remember him for that, really. And I know he had a decent season; he was a good player. But I'll always remember him for that goal because that was the yeah. highlight of his whole Arsenal career, wasn't it? That one night,
2: yeah. I heard him on a, um, I heard him on a, as a guest on a podcast, and he said that. But it was a, it was a thing that his family couldn't settle. That was purely it; wasn't a football. Was game. it? Oh. Yeah, it was down to that. And but he still holds that season, you know, quite fondly in in his heart and stuff, which was good. But he could have been a good player for us. But yeah, I remember. Where did he go, Adam? Um, do you remember? Did Benfica. Did he, he go Benfica? Benfica? He come
0: from. Oh, he Benfica. come from Benfica. Oh, right. I think he went to
2: maybe Fiorentina after. I'm not too oh, sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure it was Italy. It was about, yeah. Not sure where though. But now I remember. I remember the Comi signing as well. I was quite happy about yeah, John Artson yeah. signing. I, I quite liked him. I quite like John Artson.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. But yeah, Comi was an odd one. Even like you know, being you know a bit more young than he never struck me as a good player whenever I'd seen him play at Highbury, He was a bit like a headless chicken. And I think he only scored like three goals in two games like Forest and then Palace away he scored two I think the game well, after two, that. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that was about it. That was his Arsenal career done. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah I, I was the same about Glenn Helder. He was rapid wasn't he he was yeah, so yeah. rapid he was unbelievably fast. Couldn't couldn't control the ball but he was fast you know so yeah. um so yeah it was a mixed season football's pretty much bad but I got some still good Got
1: some good memories from that season. So. But very quickly, about Kewambe, when I first saw him play for the Arsenal, I saw him play for Ipswich, didn't take much notice of him. But when we signed him, I thought, this geezer, n- he didn't have any legs on him. They were so skinny. How be a footballer? It was like, I thought it was a scoreboy playing for us. they've got the wrong Kewambe. <laughs> he, <laughs> he did really have a brother, didn't he?
0: didn't he? He did have a brother he who played football. How can that geezer kick a ball? Yeah, I mean, I remember he, he, he scored for our Ipswich against us in the FA Cup when we won the FA Cup in '93. <laughs> He scored against us in a quarter finals. I don't know if that's what George Graham saw and thought, you know what, he could be a good player for us. But he made a few funny signs, didn't he? Because he bought Jimmy Carter from New Orleans, who didn't work out. He bought Eddie McGoldrick, who didn't work out. He bought yeah. Chris Kiwomia and, and Glenn Helder, didn't work out. It's like, what, what was he doing to us? Do you know what I mean? At that time, that mid 90s, he had a nightmare, didn't he? On a few signs. Maybe that's because, well, no, you say that, and maybe he couldn't get the buns, could he? So he had to settle oh, for them. He wanted to sign Scandinavian players because he got money for them. And he thought, certainly. I can't do that anymore. So I'm going to have to buy these crap players. But well, that, um, that seemed to be what happened. Um, we've got Ryan in the chat there. He says, uh, oh, sorry, Russ says, uh, evening, chat." Ryan says, evening, everyone. He says, hi, right, to Russ. And then Tom says, uh, Stefan Schwartz, indeed. Yeah, he was, he was a player, him, love. Just uh, that goal always. I'll never forget that goal. And Ryan's there says, all right, Tom. And Tom says, yeah, first ever stamp on the back of my shirt. Yeah, I mean, it was a good one to get, wasn't it, I suppose, uh Stefan Schwartz. You can't really argue with that. Good, good player. Um Um, how did you enjoy the DVD Um, I haven't seen it yet actually we'll maybe talk about it in a minute I mean Dorsey do you remember much about that season 94-95 I know you'd have been I mean obviously judging by all the hair you've got you'd have probably been a baby then wouldn't you
3: well 12 then Um, I I remember bits of it nothing that anybody hasn't already mentioned it was a a pretty lackluster season wasn't it it was a couple of highlights I was going to mention the Norwich game um, kind of I remember us that was pretty much the only big win that we had throughout the whole season, wasn't it? Um yeah, hope was, that, was yeah. that game. Um but I think Ian Wright pretty much pretty much kept us up, didn't he, single handedly that season. I think he eight? I think he got thirty goals that season still in all competitions, which is phenomenal when you think about how poor that side was. Um but yeah, I remember that goal away at Auxerre uh, was what a finish. So I remember a left left footed curled, curled it straight into yeah. the top yeah. corner. It was a ridiculous goal but yeah wasn't not really much more to add to be honest from what other people have mentioned it's just a yeah obviously the cup final was was really disappointing especially the way that we we lost it but um yeah one to forget isn't it that season
0: it it was but it it kind of it in a way i mean i'll i'll be thinking i was thinking about earlier on you know looking back on this season and for me the one thing that maybe made me think about it more was the fact that It reminds me back at the times, you know, the end of George Graham, not just that season, maybe little bits of the season before, where we became a lot less enjoyable to watch. We had a really great side under George Graham when we won the league in '91 and '89. Of course, all those great players and exciting football. And that transition didn't even the season we won the two cups in '93. The football was a little bit stale, uh, and we were nicking games with righty. We'd just score goals and we'd win games that we perhaps didn't deserve to. And That season, 94-95, for me, kind of encapsulated all of that, really. It was terrible football to watch. I didn't enjoy watching. There's only, I mean, you mentioned the Norwich game. That's one of the more enjoyable games of the season. But most of the games were not much fun to watch. The football was dire. Um, We weren't winning many games. We were struggling along. And, yeah, Europe maybe got us out of out of it a little bit. It gave us something to look forward to, didn't it? We kept playing in York, clip, getting through, scra- stra- scraping through a lot of the rounds. As I say, the game we scraped through. um We scraped through the semi-final on penalties when we was, what, a second from going out and then we got a goal that's free kick. And it seemed to be, I don't know, it was just a season when I didn't enjoy watching Arsenal and it really, I don't know, and that's kind of how I kind of feel now in in a, in a way, in watching the football. It's not exciting football to watch and I don't know, it kind of makes me think back to kind of that sort of time when, when George was on his way out, really. And it was just so, so boring, really. You know, boring, boring Arsenal, we've always been called. And at that time, we probably were boring, boring Arsenal, really, weren't we? And I don't think anyone could really argue with that. You know, we, we managed to scrape some wins here and there, but we were basically Ian Wright. And it didn't matter who else played, did it? If Ian Wright was in the team, you felt like we had a chance of getting something. And <laughs> usually it was in. that did it for us did I? I mean i think he scored 30 goals that season as he tended to do and not many others scored too many did they you know i don't think anyone else probably reached double figures probably and that, that was kind of where we were unfortunately and i don't know it just kind of reminds me a little bit of how i feel watching arsenal now i just don't get that excitement that i want to feel and i never got that excitement then and it did come back obviously later on and maybe it'll come back again but i don't know um but yeah, that's just a personal thing for me, really. Um, yeah, Ryan says there. Melvin scrubbing up. Well, we "Come on, in, Melvin, show us your t-shirt." Go on, give it, give, give, uh, give, um, give it. A, oh, look at that! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brilliant, fantastic. Uh, I'm fantastic charging videos. Ryan for this. I'm
1: going to charge him for the advert. Advertisement. Mate. Yeah, <laughs> no, you, you
0: definitely should. Do. Maybe I should charge him as well, since you're advertising his channel on my channel. True, yeah. like true, and that's fine. Um, it's uh, it's good, uh, good stuff. And right, says, uh, he's watching it after, the, yeah, obviously the, uh, the the Arsene Wenger thing, which we will talk about. Um, Tom says, yeah, uh, I thought Glenn Helder was a shocking player, to be fair. The only guy uh, I've seen putting a cross and it's a corner flag. He's not the only one who's done that, to be fair. There's a few now that take a cross and it's a corner flag. But, yeah, he, he was one of the first, perhaps, wasn't he? Um, Tom says, yeah, it was on BBC Five Live at three, unless you could have Sky. Right, okay Um six nine three or... Oh, uh, well, that's the BBC. Don't be advertising the BBC on here, Tom. I'm sorry, we're not going to have that at all. <laughs> You can't advertise the BBC on here. It's not allowed. Because, uh, yeah, anyway. But, yeah, so, but, no, I mean, it's, um yeah, that season was uh, was uh, eye-opener, maybe, because a lot of us have never really experienced anything like that before. That's probably the worst season that I've had supporting Arsenal, actually, if I'm honest. You know, Melvin probably saw worse things um, in the mid-70s, I would say. Oh, yeah, I was definitely. A bit younger than- Luckily, I, I, do, I missed all of them. But yeah, that was probably the worst season that I've experienced in Arsenal. And, you know, it was a long time ago. And we, I suppose I've, we've all been lucky that we haven't really experienced a season as bad as that since, actually, despite the problems in the last couple of years. It's nowhere near as, as bad as that season was. I mean, that, that was terrible, wasn't it, really? It's probably as bad as it can get. Um, and I do want to highlight that really, to make me feel a little bit better about what's happening now, because although I don't enjoy the football, there's no way any, it's nowhere near as bad as that season. You know, everything is, is a lot better. So that's one thing to cling on to and, and try and enjoy. But yeah, I just want to feel more excitement again about watching us. really. That's what I'm hoping for. But anyway, maybe it'll come. Maybe it will. We'll see. Um, right. What we need to do then, we need to do our weekly, um, you know, we're so good at this game, aren't we? Well, some of us are. Some of us aren't quite so good. And Ryan says, yeah, we'll send the fees to our bank accounts later. That's cool, because uh, yeah, a little bit of free advertising now. We've advertised to the BBC as well, so they need to pay us. But anyway, we'll worry about that later. Uh, Russ says, Glenn held out pace and little else. He did, yeah. He was kind of like Thierry Henry without any football ability, wasn't he, really? I suppose <laughs> Yeah, basically what he was, Glenn Helder. But we, we loved him briefly, didn't we, for uh, all of five seconds.
3: That's the first time I've ever heard Glenn Helder and Sierra Henry in the same sentence. And I'm hoping it's the last time as well.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, just, just for his pace, really, that's all he had. And, you know, he was basically...
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, he had nice hair, actually, to be fair, as well. He, he looked like he could have been in a 1970s soul band, didn't he? With his hair. <laughs> or <on> a <laughs> <laughs> I
2: remember him. Um, he turned up at Dennis Bergkamp's testimonial, didn't he? I remember that. He did. Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah. So like, yeah, what, what are you doing here? It's like yeah, you had he's that. one. got there. Like, he's Dutch as well. That's the only reason he got yeah. there.
0: Well, but no, because yeah, he's Dutch, and he did set up Dennis's first goal, as, as Melvin said. So he probably deserved yeah. a, a brief appearance, didn't he? I suppose, but yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, that was, that was a strange moment in Arsenal's history, probably. And um, Tom says, yeah, uh, um, I'd never take back Bruce. Bruce Ryuk. Um, I don't know what was going on there. No, well, who, who does know what was going on there? He was awful. Well, I mean, he certainly, he um, you know, it, it was a difficult time for him, I guess, and, and it was never going to work out, was it? And luckily, he didn't stay very long, and we got someone a little bit better afterwards, which was nice, wasn't it? For really well. um, So anyway, we, we're talking about the predictions. So last week, then, it was, um, it was a strange week for predictions, actually, because there was a few strange results that even... Even Adam and Melvin, who generally predict a few strange results, didn't necessarily do do so well. Funny enough, we all got the same points. We all got five points last week, which wasn't wasn't great, but it wasn't too bad, I guess, considering some of the results that we had. Um, None of us got any points for the Arsenal game because we all predicted a draw. And, of course, we know what happened there, so that didn't work out too well. But, yeah, so the, the scores on the doors at the moment are I'm in third place with 62, Adam's got 63, and Melvin's got 68, so he's still winning. And he is still just as far ahead as he was before because oh. it, we all drew. But,
1: yeah, it's, it,
0: we need to do a bit better because Melvin's the only one who's consistently getting decent results. So we'll start with this one. Obviously, the first game of the weekend is we know our game again. We're kicking off first again. Um, Arsenal at home to Newcastle. Melvin, I know you're so confident. What's it going to be? 8 nil? Is that what you're going for? No, 3-1. 3 1. Okay. Well, 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 no, well, well, well. well, well, I, well, I kind of gathered you meant us, yeah. <laughs> Adam, what are you thinking at Newcastle? I've got the same score 3 1.
1: You, oh, yeah. We always do that, don't we? Seriously, we
2: do a lot. We, we, we do, you know, well, to be fair, I mean, like, I could just be following you because you're doing a lot better, but then that would be defeating the object. But no, we do tend oh, to go that, on the too. same ones.
0: Obviously not enough because Melvin's winning, so you obviously don't copy him quite enough, There, you? you need to copy him bit um, more, maybe, and then you'll do better. Um Dorsey, what are you thinking, Newcastle? I don't
3: know why I do this, because I don't do it every week. So I'm miles beyond you, lot.
0: Um yeah, you are, but go on. You do you do pretty well normally when you're on.
3: All right, 2-0. 2-0,
0: okay. I've gone 2-0 as well, actually, just because I I just feel that's normally it's like
2: Calculating Dorsies now because I think that he, you know he has some strong ones. I've got
0: them all written down. He, every week he's played, he's probably he's pretty one, he's won most of the yeah. weeks he's played, actually. But I don't to think we ought to
1: have Dorsey at all in it,
0: actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always getting worried now. Though. Um Ryan says four and nil. Well, why not? 4 0, that'd be nice. It will get our goal difference back to zero anyway. So that'd be good. Um, <laughs> and Russ has gone three now, which means we still have a minor goal difference. So there you go. Um Right, so the second game is going to be Crystal Palace at home to Aston Villa, which actually could be quite an interesting game. Palace doing well. Villa with, obviously, Stevie G won his first game. Melvin, what are you thinking, Palace against Villa? Palace to win 2-1. Palace to win 2-1. <laughs> okay, they're on a good one actually. Palace haven't lost rages, so that wouldn't be a surprise. Adam, what are you thinking? Is, is Gerard going to get another win?
2: No, going to be a draw. 2-2. Two, two.
0: Oh, 2-2. Two, two. Lovely. Good stuff. Dorsey, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking a draw as well, but I'm going 1-0. Okay, 1-0. I've, I've gone 2-2 as well, actually. Palace have had a few 2-2s. So I just think that might be what it is. I think Gerrard will stay unbeaten a bit longer. Now, this is a game I'm quite interested to get your views on, actually. Liverpool at home to Southampton, obviously. What Liverpool did to us last week. Ask, I mean, Southampton got a draw at Man City. They can be quite difficult to break down. Um, what are we thinking, Melbourne? Liverpool against Southampton.
1: I'm going 4-0 again, Liverpool. 4 4-0. Yeah,
0: wow. I'm going for it. I'm going for it. OK. I can Goal, see the headline. You know, Liverpool will do the same as last week. So well, it would be if it was 4-0. I don't know. What, what do you reckon, Adam? Southampton, uh, all right, Liverpool?
2: I think Liverpool will go on a little bit of a run now. Uh, 3-0, I've gone. 3-0
3: Liverpool.
0: OK, 3-0. Very comfortable again. Dorsey, what are you thinking? Oh,
3: it's going to be kind of... They've scored 19 goals in their last five games, so I reckon it's going to be 3-0. 3-0,
0: okay. 3.8 you were going to say, weren't you, working it out? <laughs> yeah. Um, I've gone 2-1 to Liverpool. I think Southampton will probably do quite well because they, they, they're they quite well-organised team, as it happens. So we'll have a look. Um, we've had a couple of other score predictions. Um, so Ryan said 3-1 to Palace against Villa and he's gone 5-0 to Liverpool. So you all think it's going to be easy. Tom's going 4-0. I don't know if he means 4-0 to us or 4-0 to Liverpool against Southampton. No, he's a good against... judge that Tom. I like him. Yeah, well, he's going for 4-0, which is good, so we'll see. The next game's another one that could be quite interesting. Norwich against Wolves. Norwich won two in a row, actually, which is unusual for them. And I'm sure Adam will predict them to win again. But Wolves are doing pretty well in a big West Ham. What are you thinking, Melvin? Norwich down to Wolves? I'm going for the 2-2 here. Oh, a 2-2. OK. Adam, what are you thinking? Are Norwich going to win again? You predicted them to win two weeks in a row. Can you, can you get it right in a I just want to point
2: out I'm not a closet Norwich fan. Yeah, <laughs> Despite yellow tonight as well, draw this week one a one
0: 0 draw for Norwich against Wolves. Okay, what are you thinking, Dorsey? I'm gonna go for a one nil Norwich win. Oh. Oh, Dorsey's gone for the Norwich win this week. Someone always predicts a Norwich win. It's usually Adam, but it's, it's Dorsey this week. Um, well, no. uh, Ryan's gone 3-1 to Wolves. He thinks Wolves will let the way. And I've actually gone 1-1 one, one as well. I just think Norwich are doing pretty well at the minute and Wolves are the draw specialist, So um, I won't be surprised with that one. Another Again, I think there's a lot of interesting games this week. Brighton at home to Leeds. Leeds have kind of picked up a little bit. I know they lost last week, but um, and Brighton are doing really well, as we know. So what are you thinking, Melvin? Brighton at home to Leeds. I'm thinking Leeds must be
1: so despondent after losing to Spurs after their first half performance. I think they can just be, the heads will be down. Brighton two, Leeds one. Brighton two,
0: Leeds
1: one. Okay. Adam, what are you
2: thinking that one? Uh, I think a home win, but I've only gone one nil. Very tight. I haven't seen
0: score that many. Okay. Ryan right. in the chat has gone one one. Dorsey, what are you thinking? Brighton, Leeds... I'm on the same page as Ryan, one all. Okay, one all. I've actually gone 2-1 to Brighton. I just think they'll just shade that, but I think Leeds will put up a good fight. Um, Another game, two teams that aren't getting many results recently, Brentford at home to Everton. They're both capable of playing well and winning games, but they haven't managed to do much lately. What are you thinking, Melvin, Brentford versus Everton? I'm going for a 2-0 win for Brentford. Oh, a 2-0 for Brentford. Okay, haven't won for a while. That will give them a good boost. Adam, what are you thinking? Brentford, Everton? I've got exactly the same as Melvin. 2-0 Brentford. Okay, well. Dorsey, what are you thinking? 2-0 Brentford. Nil-nil, really? Brentford, oh. nil-nil. They're the team that yeah. scored the most goals. nil nil. Okay, well, that'd be their first nil-nil, I think, if it if it was nil-nil. Um having said that, I just said Brentford scored the most goals. I, I've actually gone 2-0 to Everton because I think Everton are due a win. And Brentford aren't picking up results lately. I think their bubble's burst a little bit. Um, Ryan's gone 3-2 to Brentford. Well, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because their games have a lot of goals generally, but I I think Everton might shade that one. Um, Now we've got an interesting game. Burnley against Tottenham. Burnley in good form, actually, lately. They've really picked up. They're doing pretty well. And Tottenham, of course, are Tottenham, as we know. Um, So what are we thinking, Melvin? Burnley against Tottenham.
1: i nearly changed my mind, but I'm going to stick to what I first put, like you should do. Burnley
0: one, Spurs oh. one. Okay, draw. Oh, that's, that's not too bad. Adam, what are you thinking, Burnley Spurs? For the third time this week, I'm agreeing with Melvin, one-one. Okay, one-one. Fair enough. Do is he? is he behind? Is Adam man. sitting behind me? <laughs> I think he must be? He's copying your papers, Melvin. That's what he's doing. I'm in the <laughs> other room.
3: <laughs> I don't want to, but I don't want to say this, but I think Spurs might nick it one-nil. Oh,
0: Dorsey, Dorsey, what are you doing? Tom's gone Burnley 5 hey, nil, which on. we like. Yeah. Uh, and Ryan's gone 100 nil to Burnley. So there you go. Um, I've actually gone 2 1. Well, this Burnley. was
3: supposed to be sensible. Sensible well, channel.
0: Exactly, yeah. I mean, the the 5 (laughs) nil to Burnley is fairly sensible. I don't know about 100. I've gone 2-1 to Burnley just because I want them to win. So, I I don't often want Burnley to win, but I do today. Um, And actually, uh, Ryan's changed his mind. He said 2-1 to Burnley as well. So, there you go. Um, That's a a serious prediction for that one. Um, And Tom says, I thought we were friends. (laughs) Predicting Tottenham to win. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. In fact, I don't think. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I'll have to check all the other scores. I don't think anybody's ever predicted a Tottenham win before. Ever at all seasons, I so thought he's created a first there for the channel this season. So, not
3: in my about 30 points behind you lot. So,
0: well, you hopefully you'll be 32 behind after that game. Don't you? you get it wrong, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll take isn't...
3: it if, if it means they lose,
0: I'll take it exactly. Um, right, okay, we've got um Leicester against Watford, of course, the Ranieri Derby, I suppose you could call it. Um, Leicester home to Watford, Melvin. What are you thinking?
1: I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go against the grainy. I'm going, Leicester one, Watford two. My yeah, pull that one
0: out. Yeah, well, now Watford are getting they're playing pretty well lately, to be fair. They've picked up under Ranieri, that wouldn't necessarily be a surprise. Leicester can't win at the minute. So, Adam, what are you thinking, Leicester Watford? Yeah, you're right. I was actually initially
2: thinking that Watford might get a result, but now I think Leicester can't continue in losing at home. You know, they've got to turn that around. So, um, 2 1 Leicester
0: i be one Leicester, Okay. Um, Ryan in the chat's gone 2-1 to Watford like Melvin. So there you go. Maybe Watford have got a lot of support at the minute. What are you thinking, Dorsey? Yeah, 2-0 two, two, no, Leicester. 2-0 no, Leicester, yeah. I've gone 2-0 no, Leicester as well. I just think that Leicester will eventually win at home again. And if you can't beat Watford at home, then you probably don't deserve to be challenging anywhere in the top of the league there. Um, right, there's two more games. These two are big games, actually. Probably the two biggest games of the weekend. First one, Man City at home to West Ham. This could be a good game, I think. Two, you know, two teams that are obviously going well this season, West Ham in particular. What are you thinking, Melbourne? Man City at home to West Ham could be a good game, couldn't it? Two nil to Man City. Two nil to Man City. Wow, that was before you even knew they were playing. That was good. Is <laughs> that win we're into anyway? <laughs> Adam, what are you thinking, Man City West Ham? Can West Ham get a result there?
2: I have a guess. Two 2-0. 2-0. You haven't 2 Yeah, nil. seriously. Oh, this
0: is, this two is, nil. this is, cop- some is going on here. We might have to get the adjudicator in to see what's happening. Uh, <laughs> he's looking through your window, Melvin. That's what it is. Get um, away, get away. <laughs> get your curtains. Um Dawsey, what are you thinking? Man City West Ham?
3: Funny enough, I've actually gone 2 nil as well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. what we've we got here Tom's gone Tom's gone 3-2 uh, I've, I would say probably 3-2 to, to Man City probably and Ryan's gone 2-2 I've actually gone 1-1 I think West Ham can get a get a draw actually there um, I think they'll, they'll go for it because that's what they've done all season so I'll go for 1-1 there and the final game could be an interesting one obviously Chelsea at home to Man United Man United their first Premier League game since they sacked Holly I know they, they won last night in the Champions League and Chelsea at the minute are just well, they're just playing well, aren't they? What are you thinking, Melvin? 2-0 to Chelsea. 2-0 to Chelsea, okay. Don't tell me Adam's gone 2-0 to Chelsea as well. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're everyone needs to have a look. You're not going to gain any points on Melbourne if you keep predicting the same score. That's, that's
2: amazing. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change what I've already got down. I can't do it. But you know, no, no,
0: you, know, you stick with no, what, what you thought. You're, you're, you're just not going to pick you're many right. points up on him, mate. That's all because you end up getting the same amount again. Dorsey, what are you thinking? Chelsea, Man United. Can Man United put the Ollie nightmare behind them and get a win? No,
3: Three-nil. Three-nil, <laughs> three nil. Three nil. Great.
0: <laughs> well, no, I mean, they're playing well enough, Chelsea. They just t- tend to, in the Premier League, they tend to get the job done, don't they? They don't go and overexert themselves, generally. They get the job done and get the points. Um, I've gone 2-0 Chelsea as well, actually, um, for the same reason. Um, Ryan has gone 5-0 Chelsea. Wow, that would, be, um, that would be interesting to see, wouldn't it? Um, and Tom says Chelsea will smash them 4 one. He says so. Um, a few people predicting big Chelsea wins. Up uh, again, getting them. I know they haven't got a new manager, but getting rid of a manager sometimes makes a difference to a team. They did win the other night. Um, but yeah, I think Chelsea will be too strong for, for for Man United as they're too strong for most teams at the minute. So yeah, uh, but we'll see what was it. So that was. I said some good games this weekend. Actually, quite looking forward good to game. it. Yeah, yeah. There's some there's some good games. there. Uh, difficult to predict. We'll see um, what happens there. Uh, uh, and who knows, as long as Arsenal win, obviously we're first on again. We've been first quite a lot this season, haven't we? We've either we played Friday nights, we played lunchtime, Saturdays a few times. We seem to get the first game, which hasn't always gone out, gone in our favour generally. But um, we did win the last one, didn't we? Was it Leicester, wasn't it? Run 2 or Leicester, didn't we? Yeah, that was the early game. So let's hope we can um, follow that up with uh, another victory, which would be nice. As you said, it could if West Ham pick up a result we could be level on points with west Ham in the top four which we would have thought that a few weeks ago so um onwards and upwards i guess for for arsenal at the minute let's hope so anyway and of course newcastle still without a win i wonder who that win's going to come against then adam you, you think they're going to win eventually no,
2: win? To, i mean maybe not i mean it'd be weird if they didn't i mean i don't think it's ever happened where a team in the flight no. has never won a game but you know you'd think that they'd get it this side of christmas wouldn't you
0: but, you know. Well, I mean, it'd be interesting, obviously, January, they can spend some money, um, yeah. so we'll see. If they haven't won a game by, by the turn of the year, I'm pretty sure they'll win some more in the second half of the season when they buy about 10 players. Mm-hmm. Um Ryan said there, Chelsea battered Juve 4-0. Yeah, they did. And Juve are better than Man United at the moment. Well, I suppose that's a reason to go for 5-0, I guess. Um, and... Is Eddie Howe going to be in isolation still on Saturday? I'm not sure, actually. Um, I don't think it's been announced whether he can travel or not. So we'll see. If if he's under touchline, I do think that will make a difference to to some degree. Um, I'm not sure um, what what difference it will make. Uh, Tom says, uh, 28th of December and 1st of January, we are 12.30 kickoff. Yeah, we are, yeah. Another two. Uh, There's a Man City game, isn't it, on New Year's Day at 12.30. That's going to be fun, isn't it? Early kickoff on New Year's Day at home to Man City. What a, what a great way to see in the new year that's going to be. Um, yeah. But anyway, you never know. We might we might pull off a shock uh, and get a draw or something. We'll see. Um, anyway, thanks a lot to you guys again for coming on. So obviously we had to be on Wednesday this week due to you know other people being busy on a Tuesday. But we will try and get back to Tuesdays again um, more regularly if we can, um, as if it suits everybody. Tuesdays generally okay for you guys, or would Wednesdays generally be better
2: generally they're generally they're good for me yeah this week no because i had randomly my firm's christmas party last night on a tuesday in november obviously Uh, um why not have a christmas
0: party on a Tuesday in november yeah it makes sense
2: but yeah generally tuesday's always
0: pretty good so okay well we'll we'll maybe go back to tuesdays because i think tuesdays perhaps works better anyway but anyway we'll see um so yeah obviously melvin thank you very much again for coming on as always fantastic where can people find you
1: as it says, Melbourne, the only way Arsenal, Marks. Thanks very much, gentlemen. Really enjoyed being in the back four again.
0: Yeah, the famous back four, back again. Um, and we, we kept another clean sheet, which is good. So uh, we'll have to maybe stick with this back four. It seems to be working. Um, Adam, what about yourself? Thanks for coming on again. Where can people find you? No, good to be back, good to be back. Uh, Adam, uh, Adam792001. Adam, always Arsenal. Fantastic. And, of course, Dorsey as well. With his long sleeve last long shirt that's him many of them around so it's nice to be a little bit different, which is cool. And uh where can people find you?
3: I love a long sleeve share. Prefer a long sleeve so short sleeve. Um yeah just on on my Twitter page you can see it there at Dorsey two eight zero one. But yeah, good to be back in the mix and uh back with you boys as well. I'll try and uh Tuesdays are a bit tricky for me. I've just signed up to the football team here and they train Tuesdays. Well, I don't go every week, so <laughs> need to mix it up. <laughs> but well, um, exactly.
1: what's well, I mean, I mean. train
3: toys, oh, isn't
1: yeah.
0: you? Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you can't train on perfection, can you? You know, that's why I don't know why I often put their training beers on all the time because you know why do they keep training when they're that good? Um, Tom says, "Hope the trains are running." Obviously, the New Year's Day game. Yeah, it'd be interesting <laughs> if they are. I expect they will be. This might be a skeleton service, I suppose. And uh, Ryan says, "Yeah, same." I need the Piccadilly line to be running on New Year's Day. Uh, for the city match yeah i mean i'm sure they'll put trains on for the game being on i would imagine but you might get like one train an hour or something but yeah we'll see what happens with that but yeah not, not the greatest time to kick off on new year's day is it but anyway i'm sure it'll cure your hangover when we beat man city though won't it so that'd be good as uh, i'm sure we will um so yeah thanks to you guys for for that it's fantastic again as always a great to have you guys on and, and talk about the arsenal and you know it's uh not, not not the greatest result last weekend but you know we've had a We've had a good run, and I'm sure we will, you know, we'll go on another run now, hopefully starting on Saturday because losing to Newcastle wouldn't be a lot of fun for me at work on Monday. So, yeah. you know, I wouldn't enjoy that at all. So I'm just really hoping that we uh, we do win the game quite easily because uh, I'll perhaps go into hiding, actually. I won't, I'll have to have the week off work if we lose, definitely. Their first minute <laughs> of the season, that would be that be terrible for me. So we definitely don't <laughs> need that. Um, Tom says, yeah, great show, guys. Sorry mm. I rocked up late. No, no problem at all. You know, as long as you're here eventually you know that's, that's all that matters you know it's, it's, a, it's a marathon not a sprint so as long as you're at the end that's what matters and, and you finish the show which is good um so yeah so make sure you guys for watching as well if um you haven't done please give it a like before you go uh coming up on the channel i'm actually doing a lot of stuff on newcastle channels the next couple of nights i'm on the tune review tomorrow um that's will uh, past eight looking ahead to the newcastle game and also i'll be on um on friday i'm on the channel, uh newcastle one as well um, on Friday at 7.30. So I'm uh, doing stuff on other channels coming up to the game at the weekend. And of course, on Saturday, I will do a watch along of the game, which will be good. So that'll be, I mean, I'm going to be struggling. I'll play football on a Saturday morning. So I'll have to rush back for the starts. Hopefully I'll, I should be in for the kickoff anyway. Uh, I'll pass 12 for that game. So those coming up on the channel this weekend. As always, those uh, are good stuff coming. I'll probably throw a few other little bits and pieces in the mix as well. Uh, and then we'll be back Uh, next week probably next tuesday with a tuesday club or tuesday clinic rather or or maybe wednesday if if that has to be when it is but um we'll see how that works out but yeah so thanks to all you guys for watching thanks to you guys for coming on melvin adam and dorsey as always a pleasure and i say we'll see you all very very soon and i'll be back on saturday for the watch along so stay tuned for that and in the meantime of course as always come on you gunners come on come on
1: so when he got up and he sneaked in Over and yeah. over yeah. and over again the so yeah. Jesus yeah. said Paddy, our son gets well world excited